you have found yourself on another episode of Locked On Bulls. In today's episode, we'll be predicting what impact Zach Levine has in the 2022-23 season. That, plus players already important to Chicago. We'll get into all that and more right after this. You are Locked On Bulls, your daily podcast on the Chicago Bulls. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Locked On Bulls, member of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. That's Pat, the designer, host and creator of the Windy City Breeze. I'm Hayes, host and creator of Chicago Bulls and Chicago Bears Central. We are here today to discuss the 2022-23 season predictions for our very own Zach Levine, the highest paid player in Chicago Bulls history officially. Pat, I'm going to turn this one right over to you. What do you want and need to see from Zach Levine to improve on in this season now that he's a max player? You got to take that step, right? I mean, let's be real. You don't expect Zach Levine to not be the guy coming into this season, right? Like, And when I say the guy, it doesn't mean like, oh, every night, night in and night out, right? Like there's not another option for him to go to. He has to put the team on his back every night. He has to take the game-winning shot. I don't think that that's the guy, but I, I when I look at Zach Levine coming into this season, I need him to be that guy, to me, that takes on the hey, Not only am I going to be the scoring-type leader on this team, which more than likely Zach will be just because of his ability to score the basketball, but hey, mm. I, I want to see him be the vocal leader on this team. I want to see him be the voice of reason on this team. I want to see him be the voice of fire on this team, right? I want him to be the guy that his teammates look to, one of the guys at a minimum, that his teammates look to, to take their cues on how they're supposed to be playing. And I think that that's one thing that last season, even with DeMar, right, that as this team continued to go down and deal with injuries and things like that, there's always going to be that fixed point that they look at to take their cues from. And you couldn't look at DeMar to be a guy that you said, hey, we're going to play tougher defense in this one. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? You had, to, you had to look at DeMar for what he was. He's going to go out there. He's going to score a bucket. He's going he's gonna to bring the fire, and he's going to try to outscore you to win these games. I think Zach Levine needs to not only be the voice of reason on the offensive end in this game, but also on the defensive end because we've seen – listen, we we both talked about those moments, right, where Zach Levine says, no, I'm guarding Bradley Beal. All of a sudden, the defensive intensity just rises. Like, wait a minute, what, what just happened? Why are we clamping like this now? And that's that's the thing with Zach Levine. It truly is just effort, bro. Like, because when we see him going to these times and periods where he's just like, "Oh no, you're not finna score on me." Yeah. It's you watching me. You're like, "Hey, man, wait, where, where's this player been?" And that's what even on uh, Chicago Bulls Central when I talked about Zach Levine and what I wanted to see from him next season, it wasn't really offensively. I, we, and we'll talk about that. Yeah. But Zach Levine's defensive rating last year was a one sixteen. Now that's. Injury, knee injuries, whatever. Before that, it was 113. The lowest defensive rating he has ever had in his career was the 2019-2020 season in which it was 110.4. I've said this. I'm calling on Zach Levine to get a defensive rating of 109 to 108. If he makes that type of leap with the offense that he already gives, with the efficiency that he gives when he's healthy, that's a player. Like, And and I, I talked about this in the episode that you were out. Seeing Zach Levine take a step leadership-wise. Yeah, Being the yeah. vocal leader, you know, yes, I would love to see that. Not everyone who leads on the court is the vocal leader. Look at Derrick Rose, Joe Kim Noah. But I want to see Zach Levine be more of that guy that it's a, hey, we're down by eight. 
watch me work. No, and I, not players actually just stand back and watch him work because they need to move without the ball. But I want to yeah, see him take on that load a little bit more. I want to see him have those duels where it's him going to battle with Jason Tatum where Jason Tatum's going off and he's like, oh, man, you can't outscore me. I want to see that from Zach Levine. I want to see more than that. And he was great in the clutch. He was in the top 15 of clutch points production last season, even while being hurt. So he, we know he has it in him. But I want to see the moments that we saw from DeMar DeRozan last season. I, I want to see more of those, too. But I need to see some of those from Zach Levine coming into the next season. That's what I want to see from him. So I, I tweeted this out earlier, uh, maybe maybe last month, um, over on my own Twitter. And it, and it popped off on Locked On Bulls with the retweet and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. I said that my expectations for Zach Levine this season are for his numbers to go up, not only because he got the big contract, but also because I want to see him continue to develop in the right direction the way that his career was the entire time. Right? Like, I, I love how... Okay. Huge trajectory upwards right. his whole career. I, I love how all of a sudden, right, like, everybody's just like, well, he was terrible last year. It's like, he's gotten better every season except the one season where his body wouldn't allow him to get better. Um, and I understand the injury fears, right? But I think here's the thing. What are your numbers that you want to see Zach Levine hit this season that you say, okay, this justifies what we saw from you? I think I think for me, right, scoring takes an uptick because I think he's going to want to uh, uh, take on that load a little bit more. Plus, on top of that, right, like I've talked about this a lot, I think the take foul rule is going to affect a lot of people's scoring. In Especially people quick like Levine. <laughs> yeah, because Muzz are yeah. just going to be like, I could foul you or I'm – going to just let you go past so i think yeah. that you're talking about 30 points a game for zach five rebounds six assists 48 percent shooting from the field i've got him 40 percent from three 92 percent from the free throw line that's what i want to see from zach levine this year not to say that if he doesn't meet these numbers right it's a failure if he's putting up 28 29 27 points a game i'm not gonna say that's a bad season but I, I think I feel good about him being right around there because you saw right when you look at Zach, he has a he has the ability to get to the bucket, score a lot of points in a quarter, and then I'm gonna get my teammates involved. Absolutely. So we always talk about me and you about the 50, 40, 90 mark in the NBA and what that really means, right? That's that's elite offensively. 50% yeah. shooting from the field, 40% from three, 90% from, from uh, free throw range. He did that almost in the season before last. He almost hit those numbers exactly. In 2020-21, 58 games played out of a 72-game season. Uh, he was 50% from the field, 41% from three, and 84.9%. Um, in, in, from those range. So he flirted with that. But I, I'm, I'm going to give you this. I want to I ask you this. We talked Let's about that 50, 40, 90 mark. What do you think the first 15 games of the season Zach Levine's averages were along that 50, 40, 90 mark? First 15 games? Because yeah. um, that was before the thumb injury. That's why I have that specific. I would probably say he was around because him and DeMar were dominating. <laughs> I would probably say he was around 29 points a game. And five rebounds, probably four assists at that point because he was passing the ball. Well, I mean, the average is shooting splits. Oh, shooting splits. Yeah. Oh, oh. Um, I don't know. What Throw them numbers at me. I don't know. They so had, Zach he, Levine, he was cooking. The <laughs> first 15 games of the season before the thumb injury happened, Zach Levine was a 55. 41 and 89% from free throw range player. That is elite offensive. When people got so caught up in like the him, DeMar, who's averaging the most points, Zach Levine actually was on pace to have his most efficient 
season last season and still ended up in the top 30 in the NBA as far as player efficiency. We know how he played after after the knee injury. So Zach Levine already was flirting with that. The fact of everything that we've heard from Zach in his camp that he takes this contract as a huge thing of he needs to he needs to live up to that. He wants to show up and even extend his game even more. I think we're in for a hell of a season from Zach. It's going to be interesting to see because I'll tell you what, that's the kind of thing that breaks players sometimes, right? I have to live up to this money. I have to live up to this paper. If I don't live up to this paper, I'm letting myself down. I'm letting the city down. I'm not proving it to myself. I want to see kind of, and that's why I'm kind of glad that he got the big money because it's always interesting to see how people adjust to that, right? Remember everybody in Chicago thought Jimmy Butler got paid and now he's not going to do that. And it's like, no, he's he got paid and he's going to continue to get paid because he's a really good basketball player and he can lead a team. I mean, and he he, did, get, he did get a little Hollywood, but he still, that Hollywoodness did not slip his production on hey, the court. Hey, That's the thing. When hey, players get their money. you with Mark Wahlberg. You going to get a little Hollywood, my boy? <laughs> absolutely, bro. Every time I get my check from Locked On, I get a little Hollywood. So you know it is what it is. Hey, Every time that locked on check come through, all of a sudden the contacts come on. It's like, what's good, baby? What's going on? <laughs> what you doing later today? It's my wife. I'm, I'm married. I ain't get, don't get me in trouble. <laughs> I can't speak. <laughs> oh, man. But no, but all jokes aside, like Zach Levine, I think is poised to have a really, really big season this season. And he's going to be fully healthy. The knee. Is gonna hand, and I hate that people try now try to paint it as like Zach Levine's had knee issues. He had the one knee issue, and it's not been a problem since his first season in Chicago. Yeah. Um, so I trust that Zach is going to have a a big season, and he's gonna have an impact. He's gonna he's gonna make a step. But that vocal leadership, how important is that part to you in what Zach Levine turns into? The vocal leadership. You know what? I I think that that's just, and I I don't think Zach's not vocal. I think you usually hear Zach talking on the court, but I think. Right, like there's moments where I would like to see Zach get in there and do a lot of what Demar does. Right, hey, listen, we got we got to be better here. Let's not do this. Let, usually, when Zach Zach pops off, it's because he's snapping at somebody. Mainly the refs too. You, you, the refs and pissing. The refs, the refs, or I mean, last season, right? Like I think there was a, I think there was a uh, when P. Will came back, or maybe it was early in the season where there was a point where he was just out of position, and you could tell he had been out of position for a little while. Mm-hmm. And Zach like yelled at him to get to his spots and stuff like that. Like there's moments where like he pops off, and I would rather see it as one follow my lead, but also, hey, listen, we need you here. You got to make this. And I'm not saying he doesn't do those things. It's just that. I don't see them on the court, so maybe he's right. Like, like Derrick Rose legitimately didn't do those things. Like yeah. he was other, like, outside of the one time he went off on Tyrus Thomas for calls in the goaltend, if bro, he just let the ball. That I'm, I'm always going to remember that. That's such times. an obscure, such an obscure moment. But I remember <laughs> Derrick. He the way he looked at Tyrus Thomas, you were like, "Yeah, Tyrus is about to get up off this team." Bro. Hey, it was Tyrus, <laughs> and then James Johnson did. It. Yeah, that was late. That was much later in the career. But yeah, bro, that's it's crazy, man. It's hey, bro, crazy. Derek, Derek had two game winning or uh, quarter ending uh, opportunities and just had <laughs> just had role players just destroy it for him. It's all it's all bad. Out here. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, let us know down below what do you guys hope to see and expectations for Zach Levine as he heads into his first season yeah. on a massive max level contract, the highest in Chicago Bulls history.
But before, uh, well, next up, we're going to talk about players reporting to Chicago early. But before we do that, I got to talk to you guys about BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all your latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week's games that already passed. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online is where the game starts. Pat, last season we had, I think it was, it was all but like two players before the training camp considerably early. Now we're still about two weeks away from training camp opening, but we do have Andre Drummond, Patrick, I'm not sorry, uh, Io DeSumo, um, and who else is there? Is it, it? It is Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams is also there. And Vooch. And Vooch. Yeah. Already reporting to Chicago before training camp. Now you said in our in our pre-game meeting before we started streaming yeah. um, that that pick and roll between Io and Andre Drummond. And I, all I'll say is this, bro. I hope so because that could be a dangerous pick and roll. But go ahead. I'm I'm gonna say this about it, right? And and here's the tough thing. I, it could be between Iowa and Vooch as well, but that's more of a pick and pop. But it could be yeah. between Iowa and Vooch as well because we don't have our starting point guard. But I don't think Bulls fans have watched enough tape on Andre Drummond to re- – I, I think they think he's a an ogre. I think they think he's Cristiano Felicio. And I want Bulls fans to really go watch – how Andre Drummond moves. I'm not expecting him to be this offensive juggernaut. I'm not. I, I, I've got him slated yeah. for like nine points a game, I think. But like nine, legit, a nine and nine season. Um, but when you talk about what his ability is, I don't want to see him shooting at all, but what his ability is off of off of the roll, off of the screen, right? How he's going to be able to open things up for guys, how he's going to be able to find uh, uh, his position in there. And remember, Andre Drummond can go up and get it. So, like, I, I really want Muggs to go back. I was watching some Andre Drummond tape the other day, and literally I was just like, bro, like, he could fit so well. Like, If you just I, replace – I'm excited yeah. about him. Yeah. He could be talked about not in the same heights, but how we talked about DeMar as, wow, this is such a huge pickup for the Chicago Bulls. I've I've said this. I think that a even me. I have told myself accountable. I thought Andre Drummond was so much older than what he is. The kid is twenty nine years old. But on top of that, <laughs> the fact would that you, you call him the kid, <laughs> yeah, the, kid. the fact that I'm, I'm embracing my old man, bro. You know, I wake up every morning now and find a new gray beard hair, and I'm just like, I'm embracing it. It is what it is at this point. I, I'll be the Adonis Haslam of Locked On. That's fine. I'm not even worried about it. Um, <laughs> Oh, I love it, dog. I love it. I love it. But the fact that I think I think people think, A, that Andre Drummond's older than what he is. I think also people, like you said, think he's an ogre and he's not mobile. If you literally replace Tristan uh, Andre Drummond with Tri- I mean, Tristan Thompson with Andre Drummond, yeah. you're easily looking at getting eight more points per game than what Tristan Thompson gave you and way more <laughs> rebounds. And the thing, and this is what I want to point out as well. I think people forget this or, or don't notice this. We always talk about how DeMar had the 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 what the statistically the best season of his career last season aging. Yeah. Andre Drummond still only being 29 but being in the in, in the NBA 10 years. 
had the highest efficiency rating of his NBA career last season at 23.85. Also, his rebounding rate has stay, has is, was the second highest of his career considering the different role that he's playing. His assist rate, the highest of his career last season. We're talking about a player that has embraced the bench role and it's made him a better player for it. Yeah, That's the type of player that I want coming off the bench for the Chicago Bulls every single time. And I'm gonna be real with you, right? Like you, you look at it right again. You got to go back to what the off season was, and and very similar to like the Bears are now, right? Like we get into the seasons, like okay, was the off season actually successful? We're not gonna see it until, uh, until you're playing it out in season. But I, I just look at it, and I'm like, there's an opportunity for us to be talking about Andre Drummond as wow, what a key pickup, what yeah. a huge pickup for the Bulls. Because right, you look at the teams around the. I'm gonna be real with you. As I look at the Eastern Conference, the Donovan Mitchells don't scare me. The DeJounte Murrays don't scare me. What scares me in the Eastern Conference is the Joel Embiid's. And I, listen, 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 Drummond's not stopping that. <laughs> We've seen that. We've seen that one. Uh, the Joel Embiid scare me. I like the zoom in effect on this one. Uh, the, the uh, I don't know. Let it happen. Don't say it. Uh, <laughs> the Giannis's and the Brooke Lopez matchups, right? And Bobby Portis. The uh, uh, um, Jared Allen and Evan Mobley's. That's the part where I look at and I say, listen, the Bulls can be in the rebounding battle, but they have nobody that can stop those guys. When I look at Drummond being added to this team, right, I look at him as a guy who can stop those guys, who can't slow down those guys outside of, let me, let me roll it back, roll it, who can slow down those guys. And then I think you have to say, hey, listen, there's going to be some sort of lineup of Drummond and Patrick Williams. That's probably going to be your defensive lineup. And I think that that's going to be really helpful to the Bulls this season going up against those guys like that have those twin tower effects. Yeah, I mean, it allows the Bulls to play more traditional lineup when necessary and not really lose much. Yeah, they lose shooting because he's not nearly the shooter Vooch is. But you look at a player that in the pick and roll can do a lot. If you have an elite point guard out there that can use him correctly, and hell, when Lonzo comes back, I'm looking at Andre Drummond like, I'm not saying he's going to have a six-man-of-the-year type effect or anything like that, but I'll, I'm looking at it just saying, do you remember where that time period where Taj was off the bench and people were like, hey, man, listen, this guy's really giving. And before before his second by the time, by the time his second, by the time, but yeah, by, that was his second season. His rookie yeah, yeah. season, we, weren't, we were just looking at Taj like, dang, this draft, this pick that we did not expect much for is really giving us a lot. Yeah, yeah. Andre Drummond is going to have a hell of an effect for the Chicago Bulls. He's going to get us more possessions. He's going to allow us to, to to have a little, a lot more strength. Not a little bit, a lot more strength against some of those big matches. Like you said, not looking at him to shut anybody down, but in matches where we just Vooch just got sometimes dog walk because he isn't the strongest defender. Uh, yeah. We now have Andre Drummond to be able to come in in those situations and still give the Bulls a lot and. He's still a much more mobile player. Like, when you talk about if the Bulls do get these extra possessions, if they do get turnovers, if they get out on the fast break, having Andre Drummond as the trail man, watch your heads, NBA, because I'm telling you, it's going to be a couple of lobs this season where we're like, Andre Drummond just killed somebody. Maybe not physically, but their spirit is gone from their body. I think that's what gets me excited about these guys reporting so early, right? Because it's like, okay, how are, how is this going to fit together? How is this going to work together? And the names that are there, right? L- let's be real. The three names that are there, you could I, – I know I know you're against it, but you could absolutely at some point see it on the court at some point this season. Patrick Will – all four names, honestly. I.O., P. Will, uh, Drummond, and Vooch. That could be a lineup for you. You throw a shooter in there, right? Like all of a sudden you're, you're talking about – 
okay, we want to we want to still have the spacing on the floor, but we want to have the rebounding on the floor as well. We want to have like the the fact that they're getting in here already and working on things that always gets me excited for the season. And I don't think it's the fake fanfare, right? I don't think it's the we got to do this. I think this team literally is like we've got somebody new in here. We have to figure out how we work together. And that's that's long term thinking. And I like that. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like like reporting early is never going to hurt anything. But when you look at like even the chemistry that the Bulls started off last season with, where people we thought that there was going to take some time for them to at least to get it, not the, the fit overall. I never believed yeah. the fit concerns, but just may take some time for them to work it out. When you look at players coming in early and players like Io, players like Patrick Williams, players like Vooch, players like Andre Drummond, like those are the ones that you want to start building chemistry and you want to kind of fit in. And as other players come in, the fact that, you know, you're going to have now uh, uh, Billy Donovan able to take a look at like what Audrey Drummond's going to be like, it's, it's a lot. And I, and I love the position that we're in. I love that we have a team that also likes each other. I think sometimes that's overrated, overlooked as well. When you have a team that legitimately enjoys being around each other, the sum of the parts outweigh what you would think that you would get from them. Let me ask you this before we, before we switch topics, right? Okay. What are we thinking on minutes per game for Drummond? In Philly, I believe he was doing uh, 15 minutes a game, 17 mm-hmm. minutes a game, something like that. Right? Am I tweaking on that? No, he's, he's about no, he's about 20 minutes a game. 20 minutes a game in Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you see him playing? Because I'll be honest with you, right? There's a lot of bigs. And Andre Drummond is a good defender like he's a career 100 defensive rating he's a good defender where do you like there's going to be a lot of games where you're going to have a big man on the other side that absolutely could be cooking booch how many minutes per game are you seeing for Andre Drummond this year so last season Tristan Thompson averaged 16.3 minutes per game for the Chicago Bulls that's wild because I feel like I didn't see him for 16 minutes (laughs) that's what I'm saying that's how quiet he was out there when he was on the court for the Chicago Bulls he averaged what he averaged 16.3 minutes per game for the Chicago Bulls <laughs> last season. He was just out there running and jumping. <laughs> I didn't even see him. And Nikola I Vucevic, thought he averaged seven minutes a game. Nikola Vucevic averaged 33 minutes per game for the Chicago Bulls last yeah. season. So he's definitely going to get Tristan Thompson's minutes. I think he. I think you try to get Vooch closer to 31. 32 minutes per game. So, yeah, that's only a minute. So, I'm saying Andre Drummond's getting 18 to 19 minutes per game at least. Maybe upwards, especially like certain matchups. And if you can unlock, like I know you – I don't think it, but I know you do think that Vooch and and Drummond can place them together. If you can play them together, Drummond's easily getting 22 minutes per uh, per game. Easily. I I think the question – to me, the biggest thing is, right, is there that full-on switch – because like like similar to what they did in Philly, right? Because in Philly, there was that Joel Embiid was playing more of the minutes, and they're completely different players, but he's going to go out there, give you rebounding, and be able to get you putbacks. Yeah. I think there's an opportunity where you could see the Bulls doing a legit, like, he's playing 22 to 24 minutes a game because we want Vooch to be more rested than uh, the well, other especially when you talk here. about the number of back-to-backs that we have, which we talked exactly. about yesterday, that could be, make it to where, yeah, you see these, especially you could see Andre Drummond get, what are you thinking? Games like on a back-to-back, especially if we're not playing a team that a team that we're clearly going to beat, you can see him pay 26 minutes in that well, game and, and see Vooch play playing, 22 and sit down. I could see him starting. I could see them being like rest. 
Vooch, take a rest. This is a rest day for you. I think there's going to be a lot of rest days in here. Hey, I know we wasn't doing the comments, but this is hilarious. Steve-O, Steve-O said. It's always Steve-O. Steve-O been, Steve been, <laughs> Steve been on the street, bro. <laughs> he said Tristan Thompson was out there just getting boxed out for 16 minutes. Hey, that, that was, never mind. I almost said something that could only be said on Chicago Bulls Central, so I'm just going to shut up. I'm just going to be quiet. Oh, um, that's hilarious. Steve, out running up the court. Get out the way. What the? Get out the way. Bro, if, if I don't know how often you see Steve-O over on your channel. Steve-O has been on a streak oh, lately. Like, Steve bro, Steve-O literally has said, hey, this offseason, I got y'all. I Like, literally, Steve-O's been hilarious, bro, this whole offseason. Steve-O put the offseason on his back, bro. Shout out to Steve-O. <laughs> right, he on both our channels. You know what? Steve-O had a Daylon Terry type offseason this offseason, bro. Steve like, he's been working. Daylon Terry he's, <laughs> he's been, been working. working. Shout out he's to been working. Man. <laughs> but all right, man. We got we to gotta get ready to wrap up the show, man. Last topic for today, man. Um, Michael Jordan jersey, a game-worn Michael Jordan jersey in the finals, sold for $10 million. It broke the record of sports memorabilia. So we've seen a lot of stuff. Wait, didn't Horace Grant sold his rings this off? We've seen a lot of stuff well, sold I'm this offseason. I love how we hold this stuff so near and dear, and these mugs are like, "Hey, I gotta buy a Lambo this weekend." I'm gonna just exactly. You want these rings, like yeah. championship rings? That's crazy, bro. That's crazy. But ten million dollars for for a Jordan jersey, bro. What do you think about it? I was surprised, right? Because it's the most for sports memorabilia ever. But how much did that last Brady ball go for? I thought that mug was. I thought that mug was up there too. Because remember, Buddy thought he bought the last football that Tom Brady had ever thrown. Oh and yeah, I do remember that. On it, and then Brady came back like a week later. <laughs> um, I mean, listen. I think the the thing here is right. It shows you how much of an impact Jordan had, not only on MB the NBA but on NBA fans, on Jordan fans. Right. I'm sure we'll be having these same conversations with Brian. 20, 30 years down the road, but when he finally finishes his career, right? Um, but I think the question that I have most is how long does this last? Michael Jordan's last basketball game was 18 years ago. No. Yeah. No, it was longer than that, bro. What? No, 2000. We're 2022. So, oh, we're just talking about, three. you're counting Wizards? I'm counting Wizards. So, like, oh, his I last, his actual last. But even, okay, even, let's just say 90s, 1998. His last basketball game with the Bulls is in 1998. How long does this level of, I'm willing to pay an uh, NFL contract to get your memorabilia in there? How long does that last? Because I feel like, right, we're not doing that with Magic no more we're not doing that with bill russell no more we're not doing that with uh rest in peace bill we're not doing that with uh, uh um you know wilt chamberlain stuff like that like you're not getting those level of dollars for stuff like that like how long does this go on bro i have no idea forever forever bro like it's literally it's never gonna stop this is the song that never ends <laughs> He's as it goes that, on, like that's he, he's that far. And listen, I, I do view him as I, I view GOAT as a different conversation in my book. Yeah. But for me, right, he would always be the, the first player I thought of when you bring up GOAT. But is he that leaps and bounds above everyone else that's ever played basketball that it'll never die? Yes. As long as people still wear Jordans, it's never gonna die. That's crazy. <laughs> like, seriously, that it's never going to die. 
MC Hammer broke. He said, "Oh, Mister Ether, he still can't sell his house though." Wow. No, legitimately in the barbershop, barbershop talk. Just had this conversation <laughs> yesterday. He finally dropped out because originally the house was priced at twenty three million dollars. Obvious uh-huh. reason. Yeah. He finally dropped the price on his house now, and I believe it's fourteen nine. Wow, that's a considerable drop off. But what we got to what we got to do is we we got to keep waiting it out until where we can buy it and then turn it into the studio. Bro, that's literally my goal in life, right? <laughs> I'm not gonna watch it. That's literally a goal of mine. But here's the thing: the reason he dropped it to fourteen nine because it's an odd number, right? Fourteen yeah. nine. What's fourteen plus nine? This man on games, bro. This man is on games, bro. This man is on games, bro. Mike's on games, bro. Michael Jordan is Terrell Owens with six championships. Oh, I love me some me. The crib is Jordan. Uh, so the next time is going to be uh, 12.11. The next drop is that's what he's going to do? Basically, bro. That's like, crazy. honestly, literally in any <laughs> anything <laughs> we can predict by the time we'll be able to buy this crib. <laughs> Just based on, okay, what's the next thing that's going to add up to 23? <laughs> what's the next thing that's going to add up to 23? I, no, nah, I was cracking up at that because I was like, who, first off, if anybody's going to buy it, you got to put in another $2 million in renovations in them. Up. Bro, that house hasn't been updated. First off, it's a compound. And you, it hasn't been updated since 98. That's that month probably bro. got that weird robot that was in like every 80s movie to just come out and just be like, like in Rocky? your beer is ready, Mr. Yeah. Jordan. Yeah, hey, in Rocky. That is hilarious, bro. <laughs> that is hilarious, man. I, I'm going to ask you this. Do you ever think a, a, a current Bull, not a current necessarily on the team, but somebody who's actively playing for the Chicago Bulls goes ahead and buys the house? No. If anybody Never. buys that house, it'll be a Chicago Bear. That makes that makes perfect, and sense. it would have and it would have to be a location wise, right? But yeah. also, it would have to be a. It, if anybody's going to buy that house, it's going to be Justin Fields, because he turned into a elite quarterback and he got a four hundred million dollar contract. Justin Fields moving into MJ's house. I can't wait till we talk about that headline. That's cry. all I can say with that. I would cry. I would just <laughs> be like, "We have a quarterback. Man, he's in Jordan's house." <laughs> You gotta win a oh, Super man. Bowl. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh well. Listen, you win a Super Bowl. If you win the Super Bowl in Chicago, we haven't won one since eighty. Like, come on, bro. Hey, bro like, if, if Justin Fields ever wins a Super Bowl that day, every podcast is locked on Bears. Like, <laughs> oh, every yeah, every it doesn't matter. It doesn't hey, matter. Steve, I win another one. You gonna walk in and see that big eighty inch box TV? <laughs> oh hell yeah, the one, the one in the back. The back is bigger than the TV. Back. Like you got, you got, you remember when people used to have to carve out holes in their wall so the TV, yes, the back can fit in the TV yes, and it can bro. look like a flat screen? <laughs> hey, bro, turn that mug on, that mug go. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man, go ahead and sit this off, bro. Hey man, follow me on everything at Path the Designer. We're gonna have a ton of stuff coming out for y'all today. Follow us both on everything at Locked On Bulls. Appreciate y'all for showing love. You can follow me at CEO Hayes at CEO H A I Z E. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Locked On Bulls and making us your first. I doubt it's the first, but making us your first listen every day. Now for your second listen, go check it on Locked On NBA, where the Locked On Ashbrooks break down all those latest news, rumors, and developments in the NBA in 30 minutes or less. You can find them wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Before Pat, I'm Hayes. This is Locked On Bulls. We out for the weekend. Peace out.